called this sermon The Jesus Culture. Anybody taking notes tonight? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you better take notes. Because notes, come on, keep telling them, you better take notes. Because notes is how you remember what was talked about. How are you going to remember if you don't take notes? I have a stool here, but I am going to be bouncing around the stage at some point. Um, can I tell you where the sermon came from? Four people. Can I tell you where the sermon came from? Yeah. Awesome. We're at a Pentecostal church, so you're allowed to scream back at me too, okay? Um, I met with our staff team. If you didn't know, there is a young adult staff team, my staff team. They're the best team in the entire world. Make some noise one time for young adult staff team. That's Dale, it's Willie, it's Natalia, it's a couple people here. Um, Kiara, Steph, uh, a lot of people. Um, and we run it. We run the, the ministry. We meet Tata in the front row. Hello, Tata. Uh, we we kind of meet, we meet on Wednesdays and we talk about, hey, what are ways we can improve? What are ways, you know, we plan uh, the next few months. We always look ahead. Um, it's just really great meetings. I barely talk in the meetings, though, because they really run the ministry. Um, I know it seems like I'm the leader, but I just, all I do is preach, guys. <laughs> all right? Um, just to let you know. I don't know if you care or not, but we have a lot of great things planned for the November, December. Do some hangouts. We're going to plan. One of these days, we're going to do church at the park. Just go to the park and have church. Amen. It's a bunch of stuff we're trying to do before the year ends. But I met with my team, and this is what we, we kind of asked this question. It's a huge question. It's probably, you know, the biggest meeting we had. And out of this meeting came this sermon. Uh, we're we were going to do a series, but man, God was like, nope, we got to preach on relationships. Um, so we're going to preach on relationships. So this is a one-off night. And the way God just orchestrated it is awesome. We had, a, we had a conversation, and I asked the staff, I said, what is our biggest bucket at New Birth Young Adults? What's the, the best thing we have to offer? What is our biggest bucket? Like, there's small buckets, and those are things we need to improve and things we need to get better at. But what's our biggest bucket? Like, what's the, the, the thing, you know, that we contribute? So this is really what I, what I meant by that question. Um, I had a whole meeting explaining this whole bucket thing. So I'm going to try to define it for you so you could stay on course with me. This is, like, technically what I asked them, and this is the first point. It's the first question. Is This is a question I ask. How do we contribute to people coming and committing to our church? When I asked them, what's our biggest bucket, what I was essentially saying was, how do we as a staff team contribute to young adults coming to church and committing to this house? And I want to clarify this because I, I don't want you to be misled by this question. Understand this for a moment. Please understand this. That this question does not mean that we cause people to come and commit. This question is us realizing that we play a part in people coming and committing. Does that make sense? Just to let you know, we know people come because the grace of God is here on the earth. We know that. We know people come and stay because of the Holy Spirit that is in this place. Can I get an amen tonight? When you were in worship just now, somebody's phone. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> when you were in worship tonight, 
the Holy Spirit, like we sang songs, but the Holy Spirit was really singing to your heart. So that's going to that's gonna change you, right? Like this question looks like all the pressure's on us. No, this question is coming from a confident place that only God can save and change people. Only God can grow his church. Jesus tells his disciples, I will build my church. Not you're going to build my church or I'm going to build your church. He takes all the responsibility. He says, I will build my church. So all we do is play a part is saying, what's our contribution? And what's our biggest contribution to the people coming and committing? We know God's Holy Spirit. We know God's presence. We, we, we know that. But listen, this is funny, right? Like, it's good that we ask this question because you've been to churches before where you had the power of God. But why aren't you there now? Because people play a part in this thing. Can I get an amen tonight? You probably know someone who left church. And I'm not going to doubt that the power of God wasn't there. The power of God was probably there. But it, with the church, it's a bit more than the power of God. God asks us to contribute. God asks us to do something. So shout out to all the people tonight that are serving this ministry. The volunteers, the leaders, the ushers, the singers, the worship, the media, the staff team. Can you make some notes to the people that said, hey, I'm going to be a part of contributing and making a way for someone to come and experience the way. I don't know, how, I don't know about you, but I've been to churches because Jesus calls himself the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so many times I go to churches and so many people are just in the way. Jesus says, I'm the way, and with leadership, you're in the way. So I want, to let, I want to let you know what type of church we're deciding to be. We're deciding to be a church that says, hey, how do we contribute? Or even a bigger question, how, do we, how, how can we really improve and getting out of the way and leading people to Jesus? Anyway, so we asked this question, what's our biggest bucket, right? And um, this is what our answer was. We met literally for like, like, it was like two hours, and we came up with this answer. And I'm so glad we came up with this answer. Not because I wanted them to say it, but because the answer to this question means so much about our ministry. The answer to this question means so much to me, um, and it frees us up. This answer frees us up to do so much as a ministry because, like, let's say if the answer was the person leading it, then when the person's not here, service sucks, right? How many of you guys enjoyed the sermon last week? From Pastor Dale Mary one time. <laughs> I heard it on the podcast. It was buck wild, crazy, stupid. And you get, oh, my God, Pastor John, yeah, we missed you, but, but service, was, service was really good. And that doesn't intimidate me. That encourages me. Because the church is not about me. It's about Jesus. And we play a part. So I'm glad the answer wasn't a person. I'm glad the per you know what I'm glad the answer wasn't? I'm glad the answer wasn't a song that we sing. Oh, what we have to offer is when we sing this song, that's why we do it once a month. Because when we do that song, it's just that's why people are coming and committing to this church. That's our biggest bucket. It's, it's, it's I surrender. That's it. It's that song in the key of E minor. I'm so glad it's not a song or a person. I'm so glad this answer wasn't a system or a structural thing. So I'm glad it wasn't, oh, it's because of our team huddles before service. That's what it was. I'm so glad it wasn't, oh, it's, it's because it's a Tuesday night. Oh, it's because, it's because it's at 745. Pastor John, if we were at 730, I don't know if this ministry would be growing right now. I have no idea. But I, we, we, we agreed that it's 745 p.m. That's the anointed time. Now, that wasn't it. You want to know what the answer was? How do we contribute and how do we play a part in people coming and committing to this church? The answer was... 
we contribute through our culture. Our culture. The culture. Publix did a study on why people go to the stores they shop at. It's not because the prices. It's because of the environment and the culture of the place they shop. It's the culture. And the leadership of this room, listen to me. If you just come Tuesday nights and receive, we love you. You're part of the church. But the people that contribute, the, the culture of the leadership is the culture of the church. Can I say that again for the people in the back? The culture of the leadership is the culture of the church. That's, our, that's, 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 so the answer, I'm so glad we said, like, we came to that conclusion, like, yo, pastor, the best thing about, the biggest bucket we have to offer, the, 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 the biggest thing we have to contribute is the culture of this place. It's the culture. But then that led me to this point, which is the title of today's sermon, is that our culture is Jesus' culture. Four people clapping. Come on, can, can we cut the golf clap and give it to Jesus? Our culture is Jesus' culture. What is Jesus' culture? Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And I think, you know what, take the verse out. I think it's cool that we define Jesus' culture. Because not only are we letting you know what our leadership culture is, we're giving you a heads up when you are a member of the church that is countercultural. Can I get two people over here? John, Kevin, ask Molly. Can you guys come up? Make some noise for two of our male worship leaders. John Kevin sings, plays guitar, and Ash Molly uh, does everything. He's usher. Um, you guys can come here. And uh, you're probably the flyest dude I know with sandals on. All right, so look straight. Make a little gap for me, though. A little gap. Our culture, someone say, is Jesus' culture. So I'm in the middle of these two, Ben, right? Here's the thing about, about spaces, places, and moments is that when, when I decide to be a vessel of Jesus Christ, I can burn bridges or build bridges. So if, um, because you got sandals, I'm going to just call you Jesus. Um, if he represents Jesus of Nazareth, and you represent someone who doesn't know Christ, he's saved, y'all, by the way, and single, watch out. Um, take notes next series, though, if you want this man. Um, this beautiful man right here. Um, here comes the church, right? So he's doesn't know Jesus. Here's Jesus. And this gap, I'm sorry, it's not social media. It's the church. Can I get an amen tonight? It's the church. But if I come into the church... I can either lead him to the way or get in the way. Nah, bro, not that outfit. <laughs> you want Jesus? You got you to look a lot different than that. You got to sound a lot different than that. Your Instagram aesthetic is not okay for this man. Like, yeah, I know when you meet Jesus, like, follow me. He met Jesus. On the other side of Jesus, things will change in this man. Who, who believes that? Who really believes that? When you meet Jesus, something's going to change. It's called sanctification. And it's called, thank you, Juliana, all I want is surrender. And then comes my breakthrough. But so many Christians, go back to phase one, so many Christians get in the way because they want people to change before they meet Jesus. Nah, bro, you got it. 
you got to do something. No, no, no. If you haven't changed, I'm supposed to lead you closer to Jesus. Then get in the way. Thank you so much, guys. Make some noise for them. Now let's throw the verse up. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus says this with his own words. He calls himself the son of man. One of the titles is a prophetic title. Jesus calls himself this. This is Jesus' words. In your Bible, these words are read. Jesus says, for the son of man, he's speaking of himself, came to do what? To seek and save the lost. What is Jesus' culture? What is our culture? Number one, we seek. We seek. This is what we do. We will do everything short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. If there are companies, if there's porn websites finding any excuse to get into your world, I don't know about you, but the, the church of Jesus should put money into marketing, into promo, into ads, into all this. All the, We got we to be aggressive, y'all. And this isn't the church working as an organization. This is the church being wise of the chance and the times that we're living in. That we should be working hard to seek after people. That we should put money into ads and put money into our, 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 our rooms and our, and our, and our, our signage. And, and it's just being wise. Because church, we're here to seek after the lost we didn't start new birth to get church people, y'all. We started new birth so that your friends far from Jesus will come home. And we have this place open. And listen, I want to say this from the platform because we say it every week. If you don't believe in Jesus, welcome home. Because this is for you. And if you decide to commit to this church this week, cool. In a month, it's okay. In a year, I hope we'll get there. But we're not kicking people out because they don't believe. No, you belong before you believe. And we're the type of church that we seek. We seek. So if you have a problem with someone walking in here smelling like smoke, smelling like alcohol, if you have a problem with people coming in here looking a certain way, dressing a certain way, I'm letting you know we're doing what Jesus has called us to do. It's to go and to seek after the lost. I know that's not this church, though. This probably isn't the one that's going to hit. Well, yes, it does. Because what happens when someone walks in and you judge them? And you talk about someone to someone else. You're getting in the way. You're getting in the way. And this is why, like, I have patience for people that are coming here, that never been to church, that are causing division within the church. I got patience for you. But if you have another church you call home and you come into this church to cause division, get out of here. I'm not going to drop the mic. This is $1,000. I got patience for people coming in here that, never, that they don't have a church and they're causing division. We'll walk with you. We'll pastor you. We'll let you know what you're doing is countercultural. It's counter to this house. It's counter to Jesus. Jesus is all about unity and you're causing division. I got patience for you if you don't have a church home. But if you got a church you go to Sundays and you come here and causing division, get to your church. You get past this headache. <laughs> I didn't, yo, we didn't start New Birth for church people. We, we came here to do what Jesus called us to do is to seek and save the lost. If you believe in that, you can shout amen. This is a good moment to shout amen. It's the Jesus culture. I'm not here to get a headache from another church. I'm here to raise up people. 
And if you're here tonight and you're like, man, Pastor, I don't know. It's like hard to meet new people. It's hard to be that type of person. It's hard to seek. And here's the thing, y'all. Like, you know why people don't seek? Because some people aren't over themselves. Seeking has nothing to do with you. You know why people don't seek after new relationships? And, and it's because sometimes we're so self-centered. No, seeking has nothing to do with you. And has everything to do with someone else. Anybody receiving tonight? Listen, when, you, when you're not about other people, especially lost people, you're not about what Jesus is about. Can we put that verse back up? Uh, John, yeah, Luke, sorry, that's my name, John. When you're not about people, this is what Jesus came to do. Like, he came for this. Y'all here tonight? It's his mission. So when you're not about, you know, I don't know, I just, <laughs> get on mission, y'all. Nothing more frustrating than being on a team with someone that doesn't understand where their goal is. There's a video that went viral of a kid playing soccer, and he's running, he's running. His coach came and snatched them. The goal's that way, bro. And it's, no, it's nothing more frustrating in the church when people don't understand why we're here. Y'all, we're here to grow. We're here to meet your friends that don't know Jesus. We're here to, be, to make Jesus accessible to anyone. When you aren't about others, non-saved or saved, new or, or been here. For, if you're not about others, you're not about what Jesus is about. He came to seek and save the lost. So this is why I love our culture. Because when you're against our culture, I'm so sorry to tell you this. You're against the Jesus culture. I think why people like this church is because like, they like Jesus. I think we figured it out, staff. People like this church because they like Jesus. And we welcome you, whoever. We got white people here. We got black people here. We got Hispanic people here. We got Mexican. We got Venezuela. We got Colombia. We got Haitian. We got everybody up in here. Welcome to a church that represents the people that Jesus accepts. Everybody. Everybody. Number one, we seek. That's the Jesus culture. Number two, we choose excellence. And I'm not going to stay here too long. I probably will. Don't play nothing yet. Just sit all tight. Shout out Melanie on the electric guitar. I'm going to just hang out here for a little bit. We choose excellence because Jesus is all about excellence. Let me prove it to you. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Oh, I'm sorry. This verse is for you. Hey, if it's not for you, it's for your neighbor, right? Wink, wink. Oh, I got to stand up for this one. Whatever you do. Someone say whatever. Whatever, that's your living, your breathing, you're waking up, you're going to bed, you're going to work, you're going to the gym. Whatever. Someone say whatever. Whatever you do. Not the coming to church, you. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. The Saturday you, the Wednesday you, the Tuesday, the Thursday, the Friday, every version of you. Whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart. So if you're going to bake a cake, you better bake that cake. <laughs> all your heart. Like they say in the South, she put her foot in that cake. But put your foot in it. My Aunt Dallas, when she make that baked mac and cheese, boy. Dallas, you put your foot in that mac and cheese. We don't mean she put her foot in it. We mean she put her heart in it. Whatever you do, whatever you, oh, you work at McDonald's, boy, whatever you do, 
you better make the freshest mixed chickens that are served that day. Like, bro, they didn't ask for well done. I don't care. I'm doing this with all my heart. Whatever you do, young adult, this is huge because we're in the workforce, and you think that your purpose starts when you get hired by the church. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? That's probably why it gets quiet. You think your purpose starts when you start serving. No, your purpose starts when you do something because you got to do it with all your heart. But I'm not working for the Lord. I'm sorry, comma, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Your boss is a douche. Do what you got to do with all your heart. Not for your boss. It's, it's for the Lord. It's for the Lord, y'all. You're going to bake that cake. Bake that cake. With all your heart. Working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know. And this is like for people who are uninformed. But I didn't know. You can't say that. How are they going to know? They, they're going to know. They're going to know now. You want to know why we do this? Because you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So when you die and you meet Jesus face to face, you're like, man, you were the best McDonald's chef they've ever seen. And you did it not for that paycheck. That's why we tithe. Not for that master, but you did it for me. And you were faithful in the little, and I will give you much. If you're not working for yourself, man, just work for the reward. That God's going to give you in the next life. Anybody ready for a reward? It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. I better not hear that people from new birth show up late to their job. You don't want to know why? Because you're not. Listen, if you come late to, to church, that doesn't mean you go late to work. But, I mean, maybe. But, because whatever you do. Do it as if it's to God. This cuts out laziness, yo. Anybody here tonight? This cuts it. I better not hear that people from New Birth don't hire them. They cut corners. No, 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 because we got Jesus. And if we got Jesus, we do everything as if we're serving Jesus. Because I don't work for a check. That's why I tithe. I don't work for a master. I don't live for him. I live for Jesus Christ and everything I do. Whatever it is, my waking up, my living, my breathing, whatever I do, I do it to God. And when people don't pat me on my back, he's going to pat me on my back. There is a reward waiting for me in heaven. God, you see my heart. God, you see I'm doing it with all my mind, with all my strength, with everything within me. I do and I serve well and I give excellence. We choose excellence because we have Jesus Christ. I read this verse. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that you are serving. And I heard the Spirit say, John say this, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted who you're living for. That's a personal life. But verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That's why... Like when you, you saw when Kimberly sang, all the lights were off. And it was just, actually, Kim, can you do that again? That light thing you did for her song? Jubo, can you cut the house real quick? That was crazy, right? Like she sing, you probably didn't notice it. I paid attention to everything. So for, for, for Kim's song, she starts to sing. She's got this one light on her. You guys notice that? No one? Anybody notice that? Yo. That's excellence right there. And then for Natalia's song, 
So that's a backlight. So you can't see my face, right? That's a vibe, though. <laughs> but for Natalia's song, when she sang her verse, she had a, they didn't know I was doing this. They're awesome. They're just ready. You see that? Excellent. For Natalia's song, she had a front light for her verse. It's just me, right? You like that. So Kim's black. <laughs> Thank you guys. Put the lights on. Yo, we do this thing with excellence, y'all. Like excellence. Like the person that, so Juliana did One Last Worship. She knew the song that we were singing tonight. She didn't show up and say, what's the song? Go through the Bible. No, no, no. We choose excellence. Excellence. Pastor, I come to this church because you guys are excellent. Thank you. But listen, that's, that's what Jesus wants us to do. And when you join leadership and you join this church and you don't choose excellence, you are countercultural. And the culture is not our culture that we made up. This is Jesus' culture. Everything we do is going to be done with excellence. We plan. We plan services. We plan events. Who was at Omni Conference? Let's go. Yo, we planned that thing. It was crazy. We're, we're planning Omni Conference 2022. Shameless plug. My boy John Lorenzo's pulling up. It's going to be crazy. Man, we organize. We plan. Why? Because everything we do is for the Lord. And everything you should do should be the same. What is Jesus' culture? Number one, we seek. Number two, we choose excellence. Number three, we choose community. We choose community. I'm glad none of this is, oh, this song has to be sung, or this person has to speak, or this person has to do this, or it has to be this day of the week. No, no, no. We will do anything we can short of sin to get people here for the glory of God. And we choose community. Psalm chapter 92, verses 12 to 14 the righteous, someone say the righteous. Now say me. Okay, say righteous. I'm getting like five people saying this. Say righteous and say me. You are the righteousness of God. I know sometimes we don't feel like it. I know sometimes we don't feel like it. But God is work. we're a work in progress. The Bible says the righteous will flourish. I want to flourish, y'all. Like a palm tree. What? How you do we live in Florida? The right, you like that, Alan? <laughs> that was funny. Somebody laughing. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. The righteous will flourish. God wants you to flourish. God doesn't want you to dry out and die. But, but, but look at the, the setting of the flourishing. They will grow like a, like a cedar of Lebanon. Verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. That is so wild. What's, what's going on here in Psalms? Psalmist is saying that the righteous us will flourish when we're planted in the house of the Lord. We choose community because when I choose community, when I choose a people, when I choose the ecclesia, the gathering, of the saints, I choose to be planted within the house of the Lord. I know we went a year of no church, y'all, but this is why we're back, because we need this. We need this. You guys are here tonight. I wonder how many people uprooted themselves before bearing fruit. What am I trying to say? I wonder, I wonder how many people left church because they didn't see fruit yet. 
But in Psalms it says, if you're planted, then you'll flourish. When your roots, you know how long it takes for like roots to get down? It's going to take some rain. It's, it's going to take some storms. Can I give you a message from the Holy Spirit? Listen, storms actually grow you up. Storms of life that hit you are not an excuse for you to uproot. Man, that's water to the roots. To stay planted. Because God's idea for you is to flourish and to bear fruit. And that's why people that bounce from church to church to church, you're not settling, you're not settling roots anywhere. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, this comes a point in life, you don't have to be the new kid on the block. You know, like, plant yourself. Is that for anybody in here? Plant yourself. And in due time, you will flourish. You'll grow and you'll flourish. You'll get over things. Listen, friends, to get over some things, you got to get under. I think you'll, you'll break some battles if you stay planted within the church. I think you'll get over some things that your generations behind you couldn't get over because you decided to get under and get planted and get rooted. We choose community. We choose this. So when we launch hope groups in a couple weeks, y'all, you got to register for a hope group. We decided we're going to get small of our hope groups. Hope groups are probably going to be like four as a max. And then you just bring friends. And then if everyone brings one, by the end of the season, we pull an eight. Eight for one leader. That's pretty cool. But, y'all, we were choosing community because I need to be planted. I need to settle roots. And lastly, you guys can play now. Thanks for coming up. We choose the Holy Spirit. We choose the Holy Spirit. Remember, when you are against the culture of this house, you're against Jesus' culture. So if any, like, whichever one of these points kind of rubbed you the wrong way, I want to let you know whatever rubs you the wrong way is what God's asking you to grow at. Whatever tonight rubbed you the wrong way, like, wow, that's the one thing I don't do. Hey, that's what God's calling you to grow at. That's what God's calling Because... Because God wants to bring <laughs> the Jesus out of you. <laughs> like Jesus outside of you is fine, but that wasn't enough for Jesus. This is what Jesus prayed. Jesus says in John chapter 14, there goes John. John chapter 14 verse 16. This is what Jesus prayed. We could put the verse up. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So... Jesus beside you says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live within you. So with Jesus beside you, I can kind of get to know Jesus. You know what I mean? Like Judas still betrayed him. Peter still denied him. There's still hope for those guys, right? Judas chose one way. Peter chose another. So with Jesus beside me, I can get to know him. I can get close to him. But Jesus said, hey. It doesn't stop with me. I'm sending my Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, when people, 120-something, were gathered in the upper room praying, the Holy Spirit fell like a wind. And it gave them, it gave them fire, literal fire over their heads. This was Jesus sending his Spirit. This was Jesus giving you a promise. Because Jesus said, hey, being beside you is fine, but I want to live within you. I want to guide you. 
So when you do something, like when you gossip about someone, instead of a leader coming and telling you that's wrong, I want the spirit inside you to convict you that that's wrong. When you're behind the cash register and you're tempted to take a buck or two for gas, I don't want me to correct you through your boss. I want the spirit within you to tell you that you are not supposed to be doing that right now. So that when it's a Friday night and you get invited back to the club, I don't want it to be a group leader that hits you up randomly. I want it to be my Holy Spirit that is living within you because I want to do something. I, don't, I want to use you to lead people to the way. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to convict you of sin. The Holy Spirit wants to use you to lead people to know and love Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to use you to lead people to know and to love Jesus. So it isn't, it isn't a matter of if people saw this, what would they say? It's a matter of the Holy Spirit in me, what do you want me to do? It's not if people saw this post, what would they say? It's Holy Spirit, you see my heart right now. Why am I posting this? Let me know if I should or if I shouldn't because I just want to do what honors you the most. It's bigger than like religion. This is relationship. This is the Holy Spirit living within you to let you know you are countercultural. Ultimately, in church, when you're countercultural, it's a little awkward. Right? Like everyone's like, hey, y'all, the Spirit's kind of do something right now. Let's have a moment of silence. And someone just screams out, I'm a vessel. When you're countercultural in church, it's kind of funny and it's awkward. When you're countercultural to Christ, the results are eternal. When you're countercultural in church, it's kind of funny and awkward. When you're countercultural to Christ, the results are eternal. This is wild. This is wild. Because guess what? There's a verse in the Bible. A man makes it to, to the judgment day. Him and God. And he's hype. He's mad lit. He's like, yo, let's go. The gates, the pearly white gates. Let's go, let's go. What's up, Gabriel? How you doing? That's an angel. Know your crowd. Anyways, he looks at, he looks at God and he says, Yo, God, I casted out demons in your name. Yo, God. <laughs> I was in church all my life. I preached the gospel. I got people saved. And Jesus goes, depart from me. I never knew you. I never even knew you, bro. That's in the Bible. Anybody got a Bible? A physical Bible? Like it's in there. Chris, raise it up. It's in that book right there. Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Because yeah, you did the right things for people to see. And yeah, you said my name, but listen, anyone can say my name. There's power in my name. But man, the heart that you did everything with, and the spirit that I wanted to live within you, you denied him every day. And Jesus says, hey friends, if you deny me in front of people, I will deny you in front of my father. I will deny you in front of my father. Counterculture in church is funny and awkward, but counterculture to Christ has eternal implications. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. But do you not know? This is Paul the Apostle. Do you not know? This is to the Corinthian church that is obviously uninformed. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Listen, I know you go to church, but listen, you are the church. I know you came here to this altar, but listen, there's an altar within your heart that God wants to reside in, that God wants to lead you from. And he'll, he'll, he'll let you know when not to do something, but he'll also let you know when to do something. Hey, hey, pay for that car behind you. What, Jesus, I'm broke? No, 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 I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this to, to do something. Hey, invite that girl to church. Girl, we fought before. No, no, no. I'm doing something within you to lead her back to me. That even if enemies love her and enemies reach out to her, what is the God that is using you for? It's bigger than you, yo. It's bigger than you, yo. Mary, write that message to that person. Write that message. The Holy Spirit is not to just not do stuff, but to do stuff. It's not to just, you know, not offend people, but to lead people in righteousness. To lead people in righteousness. All I want. What are the lyrics to that song? Um, the bridge to touch of heaven. I opened up my heart. Can we put the, the lyrics up? I'm giving y'all curveballs tonight. Make some noise for our media team. They're just. I open up my heart to you. This is what we do. Let's go back. I open up my heart to you. God, I know something in me is countercultural, but God, I open up my heart to you. I open up. I open up. Rub me the wrong way so I can live the right way. The Bible says in the end times that people are going to have itchy ears. They're not going to like some words. You know what they're going to do? They're going to stop going to church and find out sermons on YouTube that make them feel good. Instead of staying in the house planted so that the preacher is saying something that's actually called to grow you. God, my heart is open to you now. I love this next part. So do what only you can do, Jesus, and have your way in me. When our staff met, it was a great conversation, and we made some, we made some crazy decisions. We, we literally said, yeah, you know, it's, it's about culture. It's about the culture, and it's not a culture that we designed. It's the culture that Jesus is. I think you love this church because you love Jesus. I think you come here and you commit to this house because you love Jesus. Jesus.